The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. We are loved in the heart of the goddess. We are loved, we are loved, we are loved. What in your life needs to heal? Is it something in your body? Is it in your thoughts or your feelings? Welcome to the Empowered Healer Show with your host, Dr. Susan Allison. Our program will present healing methods and ideas to help you change the challenging parts of your life and support the people who mean the most to you. Now, here is Dr. Susan Allison. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empowered Healer Show. This is Dr. Susan Allison, and I am so excited to be here with you today. Since last week was Thanksgiving, we did a rebroadcast that I'm sure was still wonderful, but I love doing a live show, which is what we have for you today. Dr. Larry Dossie will be with us shortly to talk about the power of premonitions, which are forewarnings or foreknowledge of something in the future. I wanted to share a personal premonition with you that I had a few weeks ago. My daughter and I planned a trip to see family near Santa Barbara, and we had uh, my two grandchildren with us, my two granddaughters, age three months and six, that were going to go in my car. And I kept having um, visions of accidents and just really uneasy feelings about driving down there. And it was waking me up at night, and I was seeing these images. I tend to hear voices and see things. And so I took my car in to be repaired and, well, to get an oil change. And I told them, I want you to check absolutely everything on this car. And I got a few, a call a few hours later that from the service manager. And he said that both my axles were about to break and that they would, the car would not stand up to a long trip. And this freaked me out, as you can imagine. Um, I had them replaced. Uh, the trip went fine, but it still shook me up. And, and Larry Dossie will talk about this, the effects of having premonitions. I still felt some nervousness during the drive there and back. So I've had lots of premonitions in my life, even about finding the right parking place, which happens to me constantly. And I always know who's on the phone and have for years. And I've almost always followed my hunches. So I trust my intuition. I listen to the voices I hear or feelings in my gut. And this has definitely served me well over the years. Our guest, Larry Dossie, will share stories of people who are just like us, who've had premonitions, and sometimes they've acted on these forewarnings and sometimes they've not. He'll also share the research that's been done for decades on premonitions, explain who's most likely to have premonitions, how to develop this ability, and why they are important for us and for our world. So, Larry Dossie is a former physician of internal medicine and former chief of staff of Medical City Dallas Hospital. Dr. Dossie has lectured at medical schools and hospitals in the United States and abroad. 
He was the only physician to ever be invited to give the Mahatma Gandhi Memorial Lecture in New Delhi, India. He is the author of 11 books, which is very impressive, dealing with consciousness, spirituality, and healing. And his latest book is The Power of Premonitions and is the focus of today's show. So let's welcome Dr. Larry Dossey. Hi, Larry. Hi, Susan. It's great to be with you. Thanks for the invitation. You're very welcome. And, you know, I always start with the personal. And so I'm going to start uh, by asking you, what has happened in your life that has urged you to write this book? And you even said that you tried not to write it. You tried not to write this book, but you still had to. So can you talk about that a bit? Uh, yeah, I sure can. You know, I was raised uh, not to believe in these sorts of things. And uh, the culture that I came out of, which was... Uh, and Central Texas uh, actually regarded this sort of thing, this foreknowledge, as uh, sort of uh, uh, satanic. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've, uh, yep. you've you've heard of that uh, that rap on premonitions before, you know. And it hasn't been too many uh, centuries ago where women, particularly, got burned at the stake for having what they call second sight. So uh, there has been a stigma about this, but also I was uh, a typical typically educated physician who thought that uh, consciousness was confined to the brain and to the present moment, and it was just not possible to know what was coming down the pike in the future. Uh, so I was trained not to th- believe in any of this, but that created a problem because I began to have premonitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first year in my medical practice, I had uh, uh, one particular uh, dream of a future event that was so detailed and complex, it really... It really unnerved me. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides that, my patients began to come to me with premonitions about their own illnesses and so on. So I became personally involved with this uh, early on in my medical career. And then when uh, the uh, so-called presentiment experiments, which we'll talk about, I hope, mm-hmm. uh, began to come down the pike uh, about 10 years ago, uh, I was really hooked on this. And I thought that it's time to go beyond calling these anecdotes and people's stories and fabrications and fantasies and focus on the science. And so I decided to put my name on a book uh, about this subject. I think that's wonderful. And, you know, I love that you shared, you know, the dream you had about the little boy and that you shared it with a colleague. And that colleague was really receptive and opened up also with you, which I think probably was very encouraging at that time. Well, that's true. You know, I thought physicians would be the last people in the world to come around and uh, get on board with this, but I've been pleasantly surprised since the book has been out. Uh, uh, not long after the book uh, was published, I uh, was asked to give a talk to a group of Harvard uh, 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 physicians and doctors who were gathered at this big continuing medical education uh, conference and uh, they wanted me to talk about something uh, on the edge, so I decided to talk about premonitions. And then I thought, you know, about midway in the talk, this is not going very well. They seem to be hostile toward the idea, but uh, I was completely wrong because of the Q&A session, they began to open up to me about their premonitions. Uh, mm-hmm. They were safe doing so because, you know, I'd sort of made a fool of myself by telling <laughs> them my premonitions. And one, uh, I'll never forget this, uh, one female internist stood, stood up in the middle of the group and said, well, I, I get numbers in my dreams. She said, I see my patient's laboratory values 
even before I order the tests. Oh, my so, gosh. You know, I, it, it was nice to have that affirmation from colleagues, and I came away from that experience thinking that doctors are sitting on stuff that uh, they should be talking about. And, you know, one of my hopes for, for the book is that this would encourage people to come forward, not just in medicine, but uh, uh, in the lay public world as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it has. I think, but I love that um, doctors are becoming more open and are sharing. And I think it just takes one person, one brave person like you, to open the door for that. And I, I know that my uh, listeners would be very interested in some of the cases in the book. Uh, I was. I love that first part of your book. And talk about just some examples or some cases, um, and particularly, you know, you, you spent a lot of time talking about 9-11 uh-huh. in the book, but maybe talk about just some, some of the research and the cases that you included. Well, I'll uh, give you an example of uh, a, a case early on in my practice, which sort of summarizes how these things often work in a medical context. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a patient to uh, just come to my office one morning unannounced. Uh, she banged on my door uh, and she uh, was very dis- <laughs> disrespectful. She just barged in, and she said, Look, uh, I'm scared to death, and I need your help. Mm. Uh, she was a very well-known attorney in Dallas, where I was practicing at the time. And she said, I had a dream last night, and I know I have cancer, and uh, and I, I, I want you to confirm this. And so the deal was that she had a dream where she saw three little white spots on her left ovary, and she said, I know that this is ovarian cancer. Uh, Besides, this was the most vivid dream I've ever had in my life. Mm. So uh, she uh, really was uh, terrified. We did a pelvic examination. It was completely normal. Uh, And so we decided to do a a sonogram of the ovaries, and uh, sure enough, on her left ovary, just as she had dreamt, there were three little white spots. Uh, this was interesting because the radiologist who did the test thought that she was absolutely nuts. I remember uh, that from the book. Yeah, he said, you know, this is the first time I've ever done a sonogram because of uh, somebody's dream. Uh, but, uh, you know, he he was very sheepish after it was all over because she uh, dreamt the, the precise appearance of the ovary uh, the nice thing about this, however, was that she got the diagnosis wrong. These were benign ovarian cysts mm-hmm. and not cancerous lesions. Mm-hmm. But this was just uh, photographically uh, exact. And one reason I like this case uh, is because it often uh, turns out that uh, people have precognitive or premonitory dreams mm-hmm. because of an impending health situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this is one of the real purposes that premonitions uh, serve. They alert us to things that, you know, should we take action now, we might avoid a, an illness or a, uh, an accident getting back to your dramatic uh, yep. intuition with uh, your car and your yep. grandkids. Yep. No, it was pretty scary. So besides illness, what are some other, uh, maybe one more example from your book, or just from your life experience of a premonition? Um, well, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, disaster is one of the uh, things that premonitions warn people of very, very commonly. I begin the book with a, 
the experience of a young mother I call Amanda uh, in the book. Uh, she had a dream one night in which uh, her infant, uh, who was sleeping in the room next to her in her husband's bedroom, uh, was in the crib, and there was a chandelier over the the uh, baby's bed, and she dreamt that the chandelier fell from the ceiling and uh, onto the the crib and and killed the baby and demolished the, uh, the, the 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 crib. She was so terrified. She she woke up from this horrible nightmare, and she woke her husband, told him it, about it, and he wasn't impressed. He said, "Look, it's just a dream. Go back to sleep," which he promptly did. Uh, she could not go back to sleep. She got up and went uh, and got the baby, brought the baby back uh, to bed, and she uh, uh, went to sleep, and everything seemed fine until a couple of hours later, she and her husband were awakened by a loud crash in the baby's room. Uh, they went in, and sure enough, uh, the chandelier had fallen out of the ceiling and absolutely wrecked the baby's bed. It, it mm. almost certainly would have killed this baby had the infant been in the bed. Mm. And this was uh, one of those uh, instances in which her action, uh, on the basis of a, a, a premonition in a dream, uh, actually saved a life. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure our listeners are, can see a theme running through these things. They often have what we call survival value. Mm-hmm. You know, in your your premonition, you may have saved your grandchildren's life by yep. uh, responding to that little nudge that you had. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's that way in so many of these stories that people report. Yep. No, it's really, really true. And um, we're going to take a break in a minute, but I do, you know, this thread of Amanda's story really leads to talking about fate versus free will, too, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, and so I want to I want to hang on to that and talk about that when we come back, because a lot of people say, "Oh, that means there's fate." You know, there's just you know, there's nothing we can do. You know, we're you know, we're just you know, captives of of you know this this fatalistic universe. And um, you you say in your book very clearly that that's not true. Mm-hmm. So uh, that it's a mixture. So um, we're going to take a break. And we'll be right back with Dr. Larry Dossey and his book, The Power of Premonitions, How Knowing the Future Can Shape Our Lives. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. Being here. With Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. 
This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Be the change. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. And I'm here with Dr. Larry Dossey, who has written The Power of Premonitions. And he just shared um, a case of a young mother who saved her infant's life um, by following her intuition, her premonition that came to her in a dream. So before the break, Larry, we were just saying that it would be wonderful to talk about this issue of fate and free will. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd love you to, you know, you talked about that a bit in your book. I'd love for you to, to share that with listeners. Well, one of the issues that always comes up uh, around uh, premonitions is that if you can see the future, uh, what does that imply? A lot of people at that point want to uh, close their minds to premonitions because they find them offensive because they think if you see the future, then it's locked in, it's uh, written in stone, and you can't do anything to change it. So... A lot of people just would like to turn their minds off uh, toward this whole subject because of this issue uh, of free will. Uh, I, I think that's a misreading of premonitions myself, uh, and I find that the the most vigorous arguments I get into over this whole area are with philosophically oriented people who uh, have a very unclear idea about how these things work in practice. You know, we were talking about Amanda the mother whose uh, dream, uh, which she acted on, actually saved uh, her baby's life. Mm-hmm. Now, if we unpack that premonition, that dream, uh, here's what we see. She did see an event which happened. Uh, that chandelier did fall from the ceiling. But she exercised choice, mm-hmm. and she made a decision to go in and get the baby out of the bed. So she changed the future, uh, as uh, was as she saw in that dream. Now, if you ask people who experience these things, they don't really think that they're locked into the future. They seem to have choices. Amanda made a choice. It saved her baby's life. So if you were to ask her about this issue of free will, she would say, well, why are you even asking? Of course I had free will. I exercised it. I made a choice, a decision, and it saved my baby's life. So this flap over free will really is not shared by so many of the people who are actually involved in these premonitions, whether they occur during waking life or or uh, uh, or uh, in a dream state. Mm-hmm. In your own situation, you had an, uh, a hunch or an intuition that th- something was wrong with your car. 
you, you didn't just sit on it. You didn't think that it was written in stone. You made a choice and had the thing inspected, and you found something wrong. That sounds like you exercised choice to me, and so That's it right. is in so many of these premonitions. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. You have a lot of uh, examples in your book. In fact, you know, when you talk about 9-11 in the book, you know, you, what, there were 21% filled on those planes, and yep. so there were an awful lot of people, hundreds and hundreds of people, who followed their intuition and didn't fly that day. I think that's worth going into because uh, I think most Americans think uh, that what happened on 9-11 uh, is that four airplanes uh, crashed, uh, you know, pretty much full of people. Uh, that that wasn't the case. Uh, there was almost an 80 percent uh, overall vacancy rate on those uh, those four planes. Uh, this uh, data is uh, available over the internet. People don't have to take my word for it. You can look it up. But it would appear that a lot of people decided not to fly that day. Uh, I don't know about you, but I fly a lot, and I just don't mm-hmm. get on planes that are only twenty percent full. Mm-hmm. Uh, with any regularity. And here you had four, on average, that were 80% uh, vacant. Uh, none of those planes was over 50% full. And uh, so this is something that really raises some red flags about uh, people's hunches and their intuitions about that not being a good day to fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually talked to people who have uh, changed their travel plans uh, and opted out of a, a, a flight, uh, an airplane flight that uh, had trouble or actually crashed. And it's interesting, Susan, that not one of them that I've ever talked to actually had a specific graphic uh, image that the plane was gonna, going to crash, but they just had a gut feeling that they just shouldn't fly that day. They mm-hmm. didn't really know that the plane was going to have trouble or crash. They didn't mm-hmm. see that in the dream or the waking intuition, but there was just a hunch, an uneasiness uh, that made them postpone their travel plans and reschedule. And yeah. I think that's interesting because it suggests that a lot of these hunches or intuitions or premonitions are uh, operating at the unconscious level, nudging us in certain directions, uh, even though it may not be clear at the time while we're doing that. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, and there's also research about the Titanic, that there's several famous people who chose not to go on the Titanic, even though they had booked it and had planned to go. That's true. So, mm-hmm, so there's lots of research like this. You know, I, I'm wondering, and I'm probably my listeners are wondering too, if premonitions are always about things that are unpleasant or uh, catastrophe-based. Well, you know... Uh, the, the, the answer is no, they're not always about uh, nasty things uh, that pose threats or disasters or something like that. But, you know, those are the, with the anecdotes and the stories that always grab headlines. So it, it seems like that's all they're about, but they're not. There are a lot of uh, pleasant uh, premonitions, intuitions, uh, pregnancy, birth, job promotions, and, and, and so on are you know, up toward the top of the list of frequent things that people have premonitions and, and dreams about. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to keep that in mind. Uh, but uh, I, I have a friend who has premonitions. She says that never fail her about where the last remaining parking spot is mm-hmm. in, in some place. And uh, 
So that's just an example of something that sounds very trivial, but it does bear out the fact that not all of these premonitions or dreams or intuitions are about uh, horrible things. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I find parking places like your friend always, and it's uh, you know it's interesting that I was just sharing this that when I was pregnant with my first child, I was told that I wouldn't give birth for two more weeks, and I was already at my due date. And I went home. I met. I was meditating. I've done meditation all my life. I started meditating, and I knew that she was going to be born. I was going to start labor that night, and sure enough, I did. You know, and so. I love, you know, coaching people in my practice to really follow their own intuition, really notice how their body is talking to them, notice, you know, that they can really listen to their own body, mind, and spirit for the truth, and instead of giving away our power to all the experts out there. Well, I'm glad you bring that up. You know, I think that the uh, ability to be intuitive and to have valid premonitions in dreams or valid hunches uh, in waking life is really a widespread uh, capacity. And people can reach down inside and uh, cultivate this. I mean, it's not like there are a lot of prodigies or highly gifted people out there to whom these things are limited and confined to. I I think this is a widespread trait in uh, almost everybody, uh, at least to some extent. And there are things that we can do to cultivate that. Mm-hmm, I agree, and we're going to talk about that a little more later. I wanted to get into the science because there are people listening who are kind of, uh, you know, sort of doubt the doubting Thomases out there who are going, oh, I don't know, this sounds a little woo-woo to me, and I'd love you to talk about the research, the science, and you do spend, you know, the middle part of your book on this. Well, the thing that pushed me into actually writing a book about this uh more than the stories and the anecdotes, and even more than my personal experience, uh, was the science. Uh, about ten years ago, there was a series of uh, experiments that was gone, begun by, uh, in particular, one pioneer in California, Dr. Dean Radin, who is chief scientist at the Institute for Noetic Sciences uh, in Petaluma. Uh, and he began to do something called pre-sentiment Experiments. Pre-sentiment means the feeling that comes before. Now, these studies now have mushroomed to about 40. They've been replicated by different laboratories uh, really all over the world, and they give a consistent picture. And I'll just describe this uh, mercifully uh, briefly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, it, it, it's, it's actually quite simple. You're sitting in front of a computer, and you're wired up to have some what we call autonomic uh, measurement, physiological measurement made. For example, uh, the electrical conductivity of your skin or your blood pressure or your heart rate or even the diameter of your pupil. Uh, Many, many things have been measured in these experiments, but you're sitting there waiting now, having these measurements made, and this computer is going to show you an image. Uh, it's going to be an image that is of one of two kinds. It will either be a very pleasant, lovely, peaceful image, like a scene from nature or at the beach or something like that, or it's going to be a very violent, horrible scene, and you don't know which it's going to be, uh, and neither does the computer at that moment because it's chosen randomly. You can't uh, know uh, by normal means what this is 
going to turn out to be. And here's the odd thing about it. If the image that is going to be shown to you is one of these violent images, uh, several seconds before it pops up on the screen, your body begins to demonstrate a, an exaggerated response. Your heart rate goes up, your skin conductivity changes, or the diameter of your pupil changes, and uh, only in response to uh, the upcoming uh, violent uh, image. And the question is, how in the world does your mind, body, and brain uh, know what's going to happen in the future? Uh, it doesn't do this if the image that's going to be shown uh, is the, uh, the calm and peaceful one. So you have some capacity to know what this computer is going to do in the future. Uh, this is really weird when you think about it. Uh, this is not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Yet uh, this research has been repeated. It's, it's uh, not in doubt in my judgment. There have been no skeptical uh, uh, objections that have proved to be uh, valid toward this evidence. This is profoundly important because it suggests that we have some sort of ability, uh, perhaps unconscious, sometimes it is conscious, uh, uh, but often not, to know what's coming up what's going to happen in the future. These experiments destroy the uh, objection that we can't know the future. They are clear evidence that we can, and this evidence needs to be known widely. Uh, and uh, it's still ongoing. Dr. Radin is still doing this research, and this has been shown to be an ability that takes place not just in human beings, but in other life forms also. They have demonstrated this in animals and birds and uh, even lower uh, lower creatures than that. So uh, th- this is a biological capacity that seems to be not confined to people, but very widespread in nature. Mm-hmm. In fact, here in California, there have been a lot. There's been a lot of research uh, on earthquakes, and you know, days before, you know, like well, before the big earthquake here in Santa Cruz, our dog, you know, headed for the creek. You know, headed, you know, just this one place, he just went there. We didn't know what he was doing, why he was doing it, you know, and they watch animals in zoos all the time uh, doing this as well. Well, it may be, you know, that elephants, whom we heard a lot about uh, during the tsunami a few years ago, headed for the hills and before the tsunami hit uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and so on. Uh, you know, these, I really don't, uh, uh, go into that a lot because we know that animals often have uh, sensory abilities that we just may not yeah. share. Yeah. But there are other instances where it's very difficult to explain uh, this in terms, any other terms than uh, premonitions or presentiment and so on. For example, uh, I have a friend who uh, every time she makes an appointment uh, for the vet, the veterinarian, her cat runs off. So does mine. Is that so? Well, this so does mine. more common than I think. I, I don't own a cat, a cat, so I don't have any personal stake in this. But but her cat hides. Yep. Uh, before uh, on the morning of the trip to the vet, and uh, mm-hmm. so it's yep. it, You know, it makes makes one wonder if this is not another example of this widespread biological function. I agree with you. We need to take a break, and this is really great. We'll be back in just a moment with Dr. Larry Dossie.
This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. Do you ever ask yourself, why am I here? What is my purpose in life? What do I do next? Life energies are based on the chakras, and this is the foundation of holistic healing. Find the balance in your life by tuning in to Healing Possibilities with your host, Tracy Makarenko. Through engaging guests and Tracy's spiritual guidance, each week we'll explore a different modality of healing designed to help you find peace and wholeness. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. Are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, to the Empowered Healers Show, and I'm Dr. Susan Allison, and I have uh, Larry Dossie with me, who has written The Power of Premonitions, and we were just talking during the break about whether uh, 9-11 happened, and then you know was going to happen, and people had premonitions about not flying, or did all of those people who had some kind of premonition actually caused 9-11 to happen, which some people talk about. So what about that, Larry? Well, I uh, tend to see it the other way around. I, uh, I tend to think that the future is probabilistic. It's not uh, fixed. It's not a matter of fate. It's not written in stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uh, also uh, think that these presentiment studies suggest that it sort of works the other way around. Uh, the future events somehow is able uh, to cause us in the future, uh, excuse me, us in the present to respond to the future event before it even happens. Now, uh, I, I, I think that people who believe that your premonition in the present causes the uh, future event uh, certainly have an argument. Uh, for me, it doesn't. It doesn't seem valid, you know, and I, I, mm-hmm. I'll just admit straight up that this is a very subjective uh, reading of this data on my part. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, if you look at 9-11, for example, uh, there are experiments that have been going on now for about 15 years with something called random number generators. And these are computer gadgets that are scattered all over the Earth, which, uh, generally speaking, uh, register the same numbers of zeros and ones uh, when they're just running uh, and nothing much has happened. But when uh, an event happens of global, colossal scale, such as 9-11 or... Uh, the tsunami a few years back in, in, uh, off, off the coast of, uh, Southeast Asia and, and so on. These, these random number of generators begin to change their behavior. And they begin to generate when people are in this global coherent, uh, state of mind, sort of thinking or feeling the same, uh, roughly the same thing. They begin to become harmonious and they begin to deviate, spitting out either more zeros than ones or ones and zeros. In other words, it appears that people's thoughts and emotions and behaviors actually change the function of these gadgets. Wow. This has been done at Princeton University, Dr. Roger Nelson, and I talk about it in the book. This, this is mm-hmm. really high-level science. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at their, the behavior of all of these uh, random number generators before 9-11, several hours before, uh, before 9-11 happened, these things began to deviate tremendously. Uh, they began to become much less chaotic and more harmonious. And the thing is that uh, if you talk to, to uh, huge numbers of people, they were not aware that uh, 9-11 was going to happen consciously, but mm-hmm. something was going on in yep. the, the mindset of people that seemed to happen hours before mm-hmm. uh, 9-11 took place. Wow. You know, it seems to me that a more accurate uh, thing to say is that something in the future was happening to affect the present. Yep. Because these people were not consciously aware that 9-11 was going to happen. Yep. Uh, right? And and so it, it's it's very difficult for me to interpret yep. that as people in the present yep. uh, shaping the, the future. You know, it just yep. doesn't ring true to me. No, me either. But I think that we're on to something here, which is quantum, you know, talking about quantum physics. Right. And talking about time, which I, you know, I, I'm, I am an energy healer. And so I love quantum physics and people who don't really believe in energy healing, I just start talking about quantum physics and then they, they sort of come into line. So, yeah. so talk about that a bit. Cause in the book you talk about, you know, the past, present and future and about time, uh, you know, in terms of premonitions. Well, it's interesting that if you go, you know, poking around looking for possible scientific reasons how premonitions could happen and how something in the future might affect the present, uh, it's not hard to find them. I mean, there go into the book uh, uh, several hypotheses that are premonition-prone have been uh, uh, described. One is that the equations of quantum mechanics work equally well forwards and backwards. Uh, I mean, there's no reason to say on the basis of quantum mechanics that time flows in one direction and not in another. And uh, there's a theoretical uh, room to say that a future event could provide information that could be perceived uh, in the present as if time flowed backwards. So how might that happen? Well, physicists now talk about something called closed time-like loops in which information from the future might circle back into the present and be perceived as an intuition, a hunch, or a premonition. 
what I'm saying is that there's nothing in contemporary quantum mechanical and relativistic science that prohibits people knowing what's coming up in the future. So when people get their backs up and say this is, you know, there's nothing in science that could permit this, so we know it's nonsense, that just simply isn't true. Uh, there are many uh, avenues in science that theoretically uh, permit this sort of thing. I don't know which one's going to be uh, floating to the top and acknowledged uh, in the future. There are several candidates out there. But it's certainly possible to defend premonitions uh, in principle through modern science. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. You know, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Hank Wesselman, who's an anthropologist. He's a friend of mine. Oh, he's a friend of mine, too. <laughs> what a small world. Yeah. But, you know, I don't, have you read his Vision Seeker trilogy? Yep, I have. Oh, gosh, fabulous. Because if you hadn't, I was going to say this is perfect about what we're talking about, that he, um, you know, has visions of his future self. And so for listeners, if you haven't read uh, Hank Wesselman's books, Please do, uh, particularly his trilogy, but also his nonfiction. So fabulous! I love this. Uh, you know, Doctor Wesselman is an anthropologist to uh, just inform the readers a little bit here, and anthropologists who have uh, investigated uh, pre-modern cultures are not surprised by any of this talk about knowing the future. Yep. Uh, any self-respecting shaman could you know, predict uh, things uh, that were of value to the tribe and, and, and so on. So, you know, anthropologists usually don't have a lot of problems with this discussion we're having. That's exactly right, exactly right. And I have um, studied uh, shamanic work with Hank Wesselman and am a shamanic practitioner, and it's happened many times to me with my clients. So let's talk a bit about... Um, I guess one of the most interesting parts for me in the book was, you know, the last third when you talk about who is most likely to be premonition prone in terms of personality and how do we um, encourage this? How do we cultivate more premonitions? Well, Tate, let's do the first, the second one first. I, I think the Two things that people could do if they want to freshen up their premonition ability and become more premonition prone is, uh, one, to keep a dream diary where when you first wake up, you record it either by writing or talking into a tape recorder or something like that. Uh, this just sort of opens up the unconscious uh, and helps people uh, have more frequent uh, premonitory dreams. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. And I... Uh, so that, that's one thing people can do. The other thing is to develop a, a, a discipline of, of meditation uh, where you mm-hmm. sit down, be quiet, and, and, and just pay attention. And mm-hmm. th- th- people who score the highest on premonition-type uh, tests uh, almost invariably have a practice of disciplined, uh, regular meditation, whether you call that contemplation or prayer or just you know, meditation or getting quiet or something else. Mm-hmm. There's something about meditation that opens up the unconscious so that we perceive things uh, which we would ordinarily be closed down to. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's something that anyone can do, develop a, a dream diary practice and uh, a meditation practice. Beyond that, the first uh, question you asked was, what sort of personality is more prone to experience meditation, there's been a great deal of work uh, uh, 
uh, about this. We know from the Myers-Briggs uh, type inventory that people who score high on intuition and extroversion are the people who usually are wind up being more premonition prone. Uh, and there are a lot of personality qualities that go into this. For example, the ability to, for absorption, which is the ability just to focus on something and employ your fantasy and imagination and let your mind just go with something, really makes people more likely to apprehend premonitions. And a sense of oneness and unity with, with uh, all of life makes people much more sensitive to premonitions. A belief in the transcendent also uh, ties in with this, and the ability to sense compassion and empathy uh, certainly play a role. And also people who are comfortable with, with chaos and, and disorder in their mm-hmm. lives tend to be more premonition prone. I mean, people who are just not buttoned up all the way in their minds, you know, to mm-hmm. entertain uh, heretical ideas and anomalous experiences uh, will experience more premonition, statistically speaking. And having a sense of meaning and purpose and positivity in your life also play a role. You know, there's just a, a, a lot of other personality traits, but I, I think maybe that gives people the idea uh, getting outside the mainstream, opening up to the extraordinary, and uh, having what we call an external locus of control where you don't have to control uh, everything. You, you you don't have to be one of these people who tells the universe how to behave and that, that kind of business. If you're flexible and open, you're going to be more likely to experience premonitions. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And what you said about the intuition... I do a lot of work with people really um, journeying inside, inside themselves and into their heart space especially, and all the research with heart math as well, but really, um, yeah, really trusting that there is a knowing, there is a consciousness, there is something within us that really tells us the truth. And it's this inner wisdom that uh, I think people are beginning to listen to more and more. You know, I would say even physicians, and I say that uh, about my own profession because uh, that's what I see, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's going to be really hard in the future, Susan, for skeptics to really uh, uh, maintain that stance where they just won't give an inch on this because basically of the scientific uh, evidence that's come forward. I mean, this is an ability that many people have. We can show it in the laboratory. Yep. So I think there's just a new dialogue that's developing around this uh, whole idea. I agree with you. And we need to take a break. And it's a fascinating discussion. And we'll be right back with Dr. Larry Dossie. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. 
Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, to the Empowered Healer Show. And this is our last segment, unfortunately. It's been a great conversation with Dr. Larry Dossie and talking about The Power of Premonitions, which is his wonderful book. So before we get into one of my last questions, I'd love for you to tell people how they can get your book, how they can find out more about you, connect with you, and so on. Well, my uh, website is uh, DossieDossie.com and uh, I, it's Dossie twice D-O-S-S-E-Y because my wife Barbara who's also an author and I uh, share the same website so uh, mm-hmm. uh, the books are widely available in any uh, major bookstore and they're also available over the usual internet sites such as uh, BarnesandNoble.com or Amazon.com and, and so on wonderful wonderful yeah it's 11 books and I know I um, am interested in, in talking to Barbara when she's less busy and having her on my show as well. Good. So a question that I really, really wanted to get to uh, towards the end here is about the subtitle of your book, you know, How Knowing the Future Can Shape Our Lives. And how is that? Can you, can you talk yeah. about that? Well, I guess the most obvious way it can shape our lives uh, and affect our future is that it can help us have a future uh, because so many uh, premonitions uh, that turn out to be valid have to do with uh, warnings uh, about mm-hmm. disasters and threats to our health and uh, not just our own health and so on, but uh, those we love. Uh, you know, the word premonition actually means a forewarning if you mm-hmm. actually look at the, the Latin yep. uh, etymology. So that really tells us the purpose, I think, that these things largely play in our life. Mm-hmm. They are heads up about things that, if they're allowed to happen, could really cause us harm. Uh, I, I think that we all ought to just uh, become open to the fact that there's no escaping premonitions. Uh, I believe that these things have been ingrained in the human species to a level that most of us use them unconsciously without even realizing it. Uh, I don't think we could probably get through our day without invoking intuition and hunches and uh, and vague feelings that usually function at the unconscious level. This has been really interesting for me to look at in medicine because uh, I recall, for example, in medical school, I had a couple of professors who were so good at diagnosis that they didn't even know how they did it. 
uh, I would ask uh, ask these two uh, gentlemen, how did you how did you know that? How did you know what that patient had? And often they would just sort of shrug it off and say, well, you know, it's just experience. And no, mm-hmm. and I would say, how did you reason? What was the way you got there logically? And they didn't have an answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that a lot of skillful people, not just doctors, but people, other other professionals, often use this kind of non non rational, non analytical way of getting answers. And I, I'm certain that great diagnosticians in medicine do this uh, as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I, I just think that if we were to acknowledge that this is part and parcel of who we are as uh, a species, that we could purposefully cultivate this and bring it out of the closet, honor it, and cultivate mm-hmm. it. I agree. I agree with you. And not only for our personal lives, but for the planet. And, you know, I would love to see us collectively doing this, that collectively, you know, we're tuning into the planet and tuning into the climate change issue, you know, tuning into world hunger. You know, in other words, really using our innate ability to predict, to really transform the world, not just our own personal life. Well, I couldn't agree more. Actually, this gives me an opportunity to make a shameless advertisement for a, a next book that's coming out. Uh, oh, good. Uh, it's called The One Mind, uh, How Our Individual Minds Are Part of a Larger Mind and, and Why yep. It Matters. Yep. And uh, it gets back to what you just said. People who are connected with this idea that we're all uh, connected via a common consciousness are going to be more respectful of the earth and... Uh, more attuned to the impact of their own behaviors about our future. And I think that this is an urgent issue and that uh, we'd better wake up to our connectedness with all there is or we may not have a future. Yeah, I mean, that's what Lynn Twist said on my show is that, you know, she she says, what, about 34 years? Um, I mean, she talks about the issue of four more years, but when I really pinned her down, she said, you know, maybe 30-some years, as did um, Harry Massey and some other people I've had on. So um, it's down to the final, you know, punt. And so I feel like people need to really take that seriously and see that this has to be, um, as you say, you know, that we have one mind and, you know, one people and and one focus, which is that we're planetary citizens. Well, and premonitions are just one aspect of how our one mind manifests. Uh, um, you know, the go-to term I have in the book is that our minds are non-local, which is just a fancy word for infinite. Yep. We're all connected, uh, not just through space, but through time as well, and that's where premonitions come in. So we're going to do better as a species in terms of our future if we can awaken to this quality we have and learn to use it and honor it. Yep, I agree with you. I couldn't agree more. And anything anything last that you want to say before we close today, Larry? Yeah, I, I'm interested in the spiritual impact of uh, these ideas of premonitions because they show us clearly that there's some aspect of who we are that's not fixed to the present. We, we seem to be spread throughout time in terms of our consciousness. And this really, I think, points like an arrow to the possibility for immortality. 
mm-hmm. an aspect of who we are that's not fixed to the present, that it really is infinite in time. And when we talk about immortality, it's really what we mean. Some aspect of who we are that's uh, infinite uh, in time. It isn't born. It doesn't die. couldn't die if it tried. So I think that there's a marvelous uh, implications for spirituality and for our future uh, after we pass from this uh, physical plane that uh, are, are quite majestic. For me, this is one of the best things about premonitions. It's this aspect of, uh, of, of what they imply. Mm-hmm. If we can use premonitions to avoid danger and illness and so on, we ought to do that. But I uh, think that uh, the major payoff is what this means for our destiny. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that we are we are immortal, we are infinite, we are spiritual beings, and um, yeah, it just it's. Uh, and since our our mutual friend is Hank Wesselman, he he teaches this um, very beautifully as well. So thank you so much for for being on the show today. Well, it's and, been a pleasure. Uh, I really have enjoyed it. Let's do it again sometime, Susan. I, I'd love it when your new book comes out, Larry, and you okay. have a wonder, wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Okay. And thank you all, all my listeners, for being here today. And please keep liking my page on Facebook, The Empowered Healer Show. And if you would like my latest music CD, go to drsusanallison.com. Next week, Dr. Jack Travis will tell us why dads leave and talk about his worldwide movement called Dad Lib. Uh, which is fantastic. Uh, He'll be on the show next week. Until then, this is Dr. Susan Allison wishing you all an intuitive week. Thank you again for listening to The Empowered Healer Show. Please join your host, Dr. Susan Allison, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have an empowering and fulfilling week. We are held in the arms of...